Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline and talk to Mr. Murphy. Hello, Tom. Hey, guys. Always a pleasure. Well, it's always good to have you, my friend. I don't. You didn't. You were still getting on, I think, when we uh, were kind of making a joke. But uh, Dave Van Horn said uh, that was a great play by. Um, yeah, the left fielder there, and we were like, yeah, well, I don't remember who was playing left field either because you've had so many guys moving around because of injuries. And uh, masterful work by Dave Van Horn again. Pieces together uh, three pitchers and a whole bunch of different hitters and guys playing in positions they haven't played a whole lot of, and it all worked out just dandy last night in the form of a 7-5 win. Pretty entertaining game, Tom. It was a very entertaining game, and, you know, uh very valuable game. You know, it's better. You know, you don't want to have a five-game losing streak going to tonight because people start feeling pressure. But don't you guys get the sense? I, I do. Like, this team's kind of on this precipice, and, like, they dodged one, you know, last night. When you're up five to nothing, you just go ahead and power through. But, you know, then their starting pitcher, Hunter Holland, isn't his normal self. It's, his velo's down a little bit. He, he only pitches 80-something pitches. And then Carter, you know, something might be up with him. He throws one inning and gives up a run. And then you really overextend, or you you extend Smith so that he's done for the weekend. Now, how are you going to piece your pitching together? Well, they always just seem to find a way, but it just feels to me like Arkansas is just just kind of hanging on through these injuries, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I need a big night from uh, uh, Brady Tigert, and I, I I don't think they've announced the starter for tonight, but I, I think Brady Tigert may start tonight. I, uh, and that way they can manage the number of pitches he throws. And you look, they're not going to get six innings out of him, five innings probably, but maybe he comes in and gives them three or four, and uh, then you can go to the bullpen and, and score runs. That's going to be the main thing. A&M does not have a great pitching staff. Their ERA is not good. This is this is a weekend where the, the offense needs to go out and win the, this series for them. No doubt about it. And, and then you've got to get guys who don't get on base for you a ton and do something. Like, you know, John Bolton's infield single before the – the Stovall Grand Slam. That's huge. Uh, guys drawing walks at the bottom of the order. Parker Rowland getting on base just however. Um, I, li- I like having Brady Slavens in the seven hole, a more veteran hitter. Um, so it kind of spreads the power, so to speak, to your lineup. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that they're going to have to win some of these games seven to five and eight to six and stuff like that. Um, both teams recognize the value of last night, and that's why, you know, Hagan Smith came in in the sixth inning and pitched four innings and um, threw a lot of pitches. And that's why Dylan Carter was used so early. Uh, And that's why, you know, Texas A&M used two of its big guns out of the bullpen and Johnson and Garcia. Um, You know, they didn't pitch as much as as, uh, Hagan Smith did, so they probably can come back. But you're right, the Detmers had a a really strange year. His wins are very low, and, and he just... His ERA is in the fives, and he's, he didn't follow up a, a good season last year. And I, I think if you're weighing, you know, what you need to get out of this weekend with what you need to have happen next weekend, maybe it is better to start Tiger in a Friday game to give him more rest for next weekend as opposed to starting Will McIntyre in this game and then trying to start Tiger in the finale. If you start him in this game, then you – you kind of have a better feel for how you want to piece the rest of the weekend together. And then you'll have more recovery time for going into next week. Um, and so 
what's the what's the maximum ideal deal? You know that he the Tiger can maybe give you four innings, maybe three innings. Is it fifty pitches? You know we don't know when they're not announcing that. But I think if you got sixty pitches out of Tiger in three innings, um, and with minimal runs allowed, like one or two or less, then maybe you know maybe that's a decent start. And you're right, guys have got hit. I mean. Soval's Grand Slam last night was one of the biggest hits they've had this season. Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat is at Whole Hog Sports on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. And, and, Tom, you already alluded to it. It really felt like both teams were selling out to some degree to win the game last night. It meant so much, I think, to Arkansas to get off to a good start in the series and break the four-game losing streak. And the difference between this one and the Georgia series, they got the clutch hits. I mean, you go with the Stovall Grand Slam. You got the key two-run uh, home run from our guy, Borfin, who's going to start with us on Monday on a weekly segment. And then, you know, a couple of ground balls that found a hole, Tom, and a couple of infield hits where they just couldn't quite make a play. And uh, Arkansas didn't get that kind of luck in the weekend before against Georgia. They probably would have won that series. Oh, yeah, they would have. And, boy, you know, you don't want the, a, a game to haunt you, but losing the finale against Georgia with a big lead in the um, in the ninth inning, that that's a painful one. Um, but they, they actually had a lot more other opportunities with runners on base last night and didn't cash in them all. And so you maybe you feel like things will turn for them in a better way the rest of this series and, and then moving forward. And it's certainly going to start turning in a better way when you've got what you know is a healthy Brady Tiger back and you, you, you feel like you'll know what to expect from him. And then hopefully, you know, Dylan Carter doesn't have a thing going on. He can come back. And then when you filter Wagner back in and then Josenberger, um, it's like Keith Gutton told Dave Van Horn after the game on Tuesday. He's like, when you guys get your guys back, y'all, y'all are going to be there at the end. And um, Arkansas fans have gotten accustomed these last five or six years to thinking, yeah, we will be there at the end. But having their health together is a big part of that. No doubt. Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette joining us today uh, on the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Highline. Let's talk about basketball real quick, Tom. We spent a lot of time on this yesterday because we just had him on the day before Darian Ford, and he sounded like he was expecting to be back at Arkansas. And then he said after that, you know, we'll just see what happens. And he's very much a, a God-first kind of kid, and he kind of lets uh, the chips fall where they may and kind of feels like whatever God's plan is, he's good with that, it seems like. Very much at peace and, I think, mature way beyond his years. Had a conversation apparently later in the day with the coaching staff. At least that's what he told us after the show. And that's what led to his departure. And so, um, you know, I heard some debate about it yesterday. I heard some debate about it this morning again on some Northwest Arkansas stations. And there are people been out of shape. And if he was from, you know, Timbuktu, people probably wouldn't feel as maybe the same way. But like Alabama, yeah, he's an Arkansas guy. Yeah, exactly. With the, uh, you know, we saw we saw uh, Dunning leave earlier. But um, you know, people feel some kind of way because he's an Arkansas kid, because he's a great kid, and because he's also a guy that uh, you know people saw have a lot of success at the high school level. Um, but, you know, again, at the same time, you got to be logical. To me, you know, Coach Musselman's job is to get the guys he thinks are best on the campus. And uh, But then there's also the, the point you made to me, Wes, this morning is, what's wrong with him being the last guy on the bench, a guy who wanted to be a hog? And if he's okay with limited playing time, what's the problem? Or maybe that was the conversation. You're only going to get very limited playing time or maybe none. Are you okay with it? And then they, they mutually part ways. I don't know exactly how the conversation went, obviously. But anyway, Tom, there was a lot of, I guess, a lot of feelings from the fan base, I think, after this announcement. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, a kid who who does all the right things, great attitude, an Arkansas kid, really wanted to be here. And so, yes, we do not know what occurred in those conversations, but maybe it was very likely 
the way you're describing it, that, you know, look, if you if you stay with us, you know, we're happy to have you, but you're going to be the 13th guy or whatever. I don't know. But if that is it, and then Darian says, okay, I, I can play somewhere else, maybe that all weighed in. We're not sure how it went. But I do think Arkansas fans, they'd rather see homegrown talent at the back end of the roster. But what if Darian Ford, you know, continues to develop, you know, finds his niche, is a great defender, his three-point stroke picks up. You know, we can already see he's, he's got a good thick body and, and can drive and take contact um, and can score. So um, if the guy continues to develop, maybe as a junior or senior, um, he's a real contributor on this team. And I think that's, that's a dilemma of modern-day basketball right now is the portal's such a big deal, you can overhaul your roster in the shape of in the course of one year, um, how much of percentage do you want to be doing that, and how much percentage do you want to develop your guys who want to be on your roster? And I think that's probably what Arkansas fans are frustrated with: is we could live with him being the 12th guy on the roster. Let's develop him, and then when he's a junior or senior, he's doing like Devo does. And so I, I do understand the frustration there. And do I wish that Darian Fort was still on this roster? Yeah, I sure do. I hope Joseph Pinion stays on the roster. And honestly, the Barry Dunning, the left fielder, uh, to use your uh, description, Justin, or Dave Van Horn's description, hey, it would have been great for Barry Dunning to still be on the roster. But I don't think it was lot, uh, probable that they could return all three of those with the number of dudes they've got coming in. It's just going to be every year, y'all, a roster, like a locker room balance. How well does your locker room fit together when so many newcomers and Arkansas is going through what, uh, the perennial one and dones like Kentucky and you know others have had to do for the last decade. Just a new era of basketball, and the main thing that matters is winning. And Musselman's been winning, and he's been you know elite eight, elite eight, sweet sixteen, and, and, and that's his job is to bring in the players. And, and, uh, and you know what? You cannot like it, but still like the end product. It's okay. Uh, but but that's what is going to happen. It's not just this year. It's it's that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's what you have to get your head around, so to speak. Is uh, things like this are going to happen? You know, feelings might get sore and all that, but it's just a product of the day. And I wish you know, I wish we could have it both ways. You know, that you bring in a big influx of talent, and then you you get a kid like Ford to stick around and and be a small contributor maybe as a sophomore, but then, you know, as a junior and senior, he can really produce for you. But it just is what it is, and, you you know, if you if you love and embrace the program, you just have to deal with those kinds of things. Tom, we're going to run. I appreciate the time. And what? Sanders, any feeling for Sanders today, Tom? That's our question of the day. Yeah, um, you know, a few weeks ago it looked like he might have been – a lot of the mock drafts had him as a round wonder. Um round one guy and now um he's like rated somewhere in maybe the 50s or the 60s so it puts him right on the cusp of being um late second round somewhere in the third round but you know it could be that you know he, he doesn't go in the third round it, but it could be he goes early in the second round we this, that's the thing with the nfl draft i do believe that not going to uh, a facility and being around a bunch of guys i mean he worked out at home maybe that set him back and also the fact that um, he's one year as a linebacker, do they have concerns about his drop ability and things like that? Can he play the interior, fill the gaps properly, read and react quickly? And so these are things he has to deal with. But, but honestly, 
the analysis I've read that he his upside is Pro Bowl, I believe that because of his agility, his uh, explosion, and his you know his love for the game. So I'm hoping he winds up in a good situation like maybe the Falcons or something like that, and he's a productive NFL player. All right, Tom, we are going to let you go. Appreciate that. And a uh, busy weekend coming up and a uh, great softball series coming up as well starting on Saturday. We appreciate you coming on. We'll visit with you next Friday. You betcha, man. Sounds good. See you.